Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Please follow along with our scripture from 2 Chronicles chapter 5 on page 340 in your pew Bible. Thus all the work that Solomon did for the house of the Lord was finished. Solomon brought in the things that his father David had dedicated and stored the silver, the gold, and all the vessels in the treasuries of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral houses of the people of Israel in Jerusalem to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the Israelites assembled before the king at the festival that is in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came and the Levites carried the Ark. So they brought up the Ark, the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels that were in the tent the priests and the Levites brought them up. King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be numbered or counted. Then the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the ark so that the cherubim made a covering above the ark and its poles. The poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside. They are there to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets that Moses put there at Horeb, where Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel after they came out of Egypt. Now when the priests came out of the holy place, for all the priests who were present, had sanctified themselves without regard to their divisions, and all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Heman, and Jedithan, their sons and kidron, arrayed in white linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood east of the altar with 120 priests who were trumpeters. It was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever, the house house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Most of you know the story of the founding of Second Ponce and how we ended up with this long and awkward name. 1932, Second Baptist Church down by the Capitol merged with Ponce de Leon Avenue Baptist Church in Decatur uh, because the economics of the Great Depression forced a creative response. And that's how we came together here. But fewer of you probably know the story of the beginning of Second Baptist Church, our parent church, and how that started. It started, not surprisingly, in a big church fight. The outbreak of the church 
fight was just before the Civil War, and in 1854, 19 members of First Baptist Church walked out and split away from downtown's First Baptist. And the issue that caused all the rancor, the split, the broken relationships, the hurt feelings, the inflammatory debates, the issue, you guessed it, was the organ. That's right. Those rowdy progressives wanted to install an organ at the First Baptist Church of Atlanta. But the old line membership overwhelmingly rejected such a radical idea. And the debate was heated and one man's outrage was recorded in the minutes when he referenced the organ as the devil's box of whistles. Now, what would they think today as we celebrate Verlene's ministry and express our great appreciation for the worship contribution of this devil's box of whistles? (laughs) Our scripture today was the chronicler's account of the dedication of Solomon's temple. After seven years of building, the punch list satisfied, The people of Israel were finally ready for that big grand day of dedication. 70,000 laborers, 80,000 stone cutters, seven years, and it is now finally time to cut the ribbon. Now, as this big day begins, it starts with a symbolic procession. It was all orchestrated, the whole ceremony. We just heard it read. The Ark of the Covenant was the first part of the day's celebration as it was relocated to the new temple. Of course, you remember that that when Moses descended from the mountain with the tablets of the law, the two tablets were were put into a, a... a box that the artisans made, made of gold-plated wood, and it would house the holy tablets. And that box became the Ark of the Covenant. It went ahead of the Israelites in the Israelite wanderings. It was carried by long poles during the wilderness wandering, and it became a holy symbol of God's presence. Some of you just know that Harrison Ford went looking for it later. That's all you know. But during King David's rule, it was housed in Jerusalem in a space known as David's Tent, which was just a few hundred yards from where the new temple was to stand. So the first act of worship on that day was this procession and consecration of this and the placement of this holy ark as it moved from the tent to Solomon's temple. But following the procession, the community transitioned to a worship service that was filled with music like this one. Worship was led by what I suppose were uh, Israel's first ministers of music, like today, three of them mentioned by name, Asaph, Heman, and Jedithan, and their musical families and their kindred. It was a huge choir. And this big, big choir gathered east of the altar Arrayed in linen, they brought their instruments, cymbals, harps, and lyres, and 120 priests 
120 priests who all had musical talent, apparently, unlike yours. <laughs> the 150 priests all carried trumpets. And when the minister of music lifted his arms, they raised a song of praise to the Lord with trumpets and cymbals and so many other instruments. In unison and praise they sang, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And as they sang, the temple filled with a cloud. That's triggering for you, isn't it? The cloud that followed, uh, that they followed during the day in the wilderness. The cloud, always a symbol of God's presence. And that cloud of holiness filled the temple and the glory of the Lord so full and apparent, the cloud of God's presence so intense that I'm quoting, the priest could not stand to minister. The people of God had been so drawn into the presence of God's holiness by music that it shut down the sermon. Supposing that's what the ministry of the priest was going to be had they been able to stand in the awesome presence. Now you all know by now that I have a high view of preaching. But I also know that the instruments and the songs of the church have the power to transport us into an experience with the holy. When things are too grand for prose, we break into song. And the music of the church carries our theology. Second Postillion Baptist Church has resisted the trend towards snappy tunes with simple lyrics, in part because the great hymns of the faith carry, they hold and carry our theology. Today, we stood and sang, Great is thy faithfulness, O God our Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. The temple choir that day, that day of the dedication of the temple, they stood up and sang, For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Today we celebrate the power of music to transcend the ordinary and to invoke the holy. And since the dedication of the temple in 957 BC, music and worship has enabled us to experience the presence and power of God. My first day to preach in this place, I sat where I sat today and looked around and captured by the beauty of this space, this marvelous room for us to gather and worship, the height and the beauty of it all. And then the, the service started, and Verlene hit that organ, and I about jumped out of that seat that I was in. I had no idea. But she was announcing something grand is about to happen. The room filled with music and the pipes of that organ sang out to announce something special is about to happen. God's presence is being announced. 
And thanks to the music ministry of this church, we are often transported into the presence of God in ways that make it hard to stand. Thanks be to God. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.